Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio with Reverend Talks and Akuna Dejuo. This month, we began a new series on the name of Jesus. You will learn how Jesus obtained his name and you will get acquainted with the power back that wonderful name of Jesus. Don't miss any episode. Remember that centurion who said to Jesus, said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go and he goes, another come and he comes, to my servant, do this and he doeth it. He said, uh, you speak the word, my servant will be healed. The man understood that just as he was a centurion and he had soldiers under him, that Jesus also was in authority and that disease, sickness, the laws of nature were subject to him and that they bow to him. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message, how Jesus obtained his name, part two, episode two. Now in Acts chapter two, Peter began to preach and um, if we read from uh, verse 22, Peter said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that you should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is on my right hand, that, that I shall not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us until unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, wherefore we all are witnesses. 33 says, therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has set forth this, which ye now see and hear. Now we notice that the Bible says he was loosed from the, in verse 24, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Actually, the birth throes of death. In those three days and nights in hell, you know, we could say that was when the church was being born. That was when the labor pains, the birth pangs of the church come being brought forth. That was when that happened. Praise God. Now, he went to hell. God didn't leave his soul in hell. God didn't suffer his holy one to see corruption. His physical body, praise God. God raised him up. And we can see here that he links that with his being raised up. He was raised up from spiritual death as well as from physical death. And then it says that the day that God raised him up, Acts 13, 33, it says, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, as it is also written in the second psalm. You know, 
God fulfilled the same unto us their children. So the day God begat him was the day he was raised up from the dead. You see, when the Bible says that we were quickened together with him, Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 6, we were raised together with him, we were seated together with him. See, when he was made alive, quickened, that's when we were quickened because he was quickened. He was made alive. So understanding that, that when he arose triumphant, after being born again out of spiritual death as the son, the firstborn son, he inherited everything that the father is. He inherited everything that the father has. He inherited everything that the father could ever be. He inherited it. So he inherited the, the, the greatness of his name from his father God. And so we have to understand that. So in that name of Jesus is everything that the father is. Is everything that the father has. All of the ability of God, all of the power of God, all of the authority of the Father God is in that name. Because that's who Jesus inherited it from. He inherited it from God the Father. Amen. And listen, the moment we came into Christ and got saved, the name of Jesus became ours. And all that that name stands for, all that is in that name, all that is wrapped in that name is ours. Is ours for the using. Every single thing that God has is in the name. It's in the name. It's in the name. Because Jesus inherited the greatness of his name from God the Father. So to understand the greatness of that name, we can only measure it by the greatness of the Almighty God, by the greatness of the Father God, the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one. That's who we inherited it from. Praise God. Now, sometimes people have issues with, uh, some people even call it the JDS heresy. Jesus died spiritually heresy. Actually, for you to be born again, you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's your Lord. In actual fact, you have to believe that he actually was raised not just from physical death, but from spiritual death as well. But whether people realize that or not, by believing he was raised from the dead, he was actually raised not just from spirit, uh, physical death, but also from spiritual death. So it's vital we see this. It's vital we see this. He was made alive out of spiritual death and he inherited that name from the Father. The day he was raised up was the day God begat him. Amen. So he inherited everything that his father is and has. He inherited that name from his father. So the first way he obtained the greatness of his name is by inheritance. Now, the second way, first way by inheritance, he was born to that name, to the magnitude, the authority that's in that name. Second way he inherited that name was that it was thrust upon him. It was bestowed upon him. Now, remember that in Acts 1, the Bible just tells us that that name is above the name of any angel. But now we'll see here in Philippians 2, as well as in Ephesians 1, that that name is not just above that of any angel. It's actually above any name. In Philippians 2, from verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. It says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. The Bible says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. One translation says of beings in heaven, beings in earth, beings under the earth. Verse 11, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, the first thing we notice here is that verse 6 says, Jesus, talking about him, that who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. One translation says, thought equality with God, not a thing to be grasped, not a thing to be held onto. But what did he do then? Verse 7 says, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in likeness of men. So what we see here is that it looks like there was a name that was reserved in heaven to be bestowed upon whoever will deserve it. Amen. And Jesus actually was the one that name was thrust on. The greatness of that majesty, of that authority, of that name was bestowed upon. Amen. He humbled himself, became obedient to death. First and foremost, he became a man, took upon himself a physical body. And when did that happen? When he was born as a baby in a manger. And then he lived among us, walked among us. He revealed the will of the Father. Jesus did not have to imitate God. He was God. Amen. Remember, he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He said to Philip, have I been so long with you? And yet, thou hast not known me. You know, Philip had said in John 14, in verse 8, he said, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So yes, he revealed the will of the Father in his words, in his actions, in his attitude, his heart attitude. He revealed the Father's will. But then, when he went to that cross, he became a subject of death. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. So we see here that he humbled himself. And we see here that he was obedient his humility and his obedience. And the Bible says that wherefore God also has highly exalted him. So God bestowed that name on him. Amen. God thrust that name on him. The magnitude of that name because of his humility and his obedience to the Father. He, he was exalted to the highest place that there is and there could be. And the Bible tells us here that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, or beings in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. That includes angels, men, and demons. It says, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, sickness bows to this name. Disease bows to this name. Demons bow to this name. Poverty has no choice but to bow to this name. Sin bows to this name. Trials, tests, temptations, they bow to this name. Because it's the name that's above every name. It's the name that's above every name. That name exercises authority over anything. It exercises authority over everything. Amen. All majesty is in that name. All dominion is in that name. All power is in that name. And that name belongs to us. That name belongs to us. That name belongs to the church. That name is ours for the using. No wonder Jesus said in John 14, 
verses 13 and 14. He said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He said, If you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. You see, just as he represents us before the Father, we represent him here on the earth. We go in his stead. We act for him. We raise the dead on his behalf. We heal the sick on his behalf. We cast the devils out. We preach the gospel fearlessly. You see, the, the, the authority in that name is our credential in miracles. That's our credential. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. What appreciation of the authority uh, of, of Jesus that that centurion had that we don't see in so many believers today. Amen. That name is above every name. And it's been bestowed on him. It's been bestowed on him. You see, you can use the name of Jesus like a, like, like Betu Betu. Someone said, what's Betu Betu? Like, like a charm. Like, like an amulet. Like, like a, like a funpa. You know? Like Olode. You can use the name of Jesus like he's something that, uh, something that uh, uh, one DBA person gave you, you know, yeah, you got from one shrine. No, that's not what it is. It's not magic. It's the power of God. Amen. It's not a good luck charm. It's God's ability. It's God's might. It's everything God can do. It's in that name. It's in that name. See, the name represents the man. The name represents the person. Every single thing that that person is, is in that name. Everywhere that the shame of the cross, the shame of his crucifixion has been, the might, the majesty, the honor, the dignity, the splendor of his majesty has also been there to attest <laughs> to his resurrection. Praise God. Well, Ephesians 1 speaks also along this same line, talking about how that name was bestowed upon him. From verse 17, Paul praying for the saints at Ephesus, and these are prayers every believer should pray for himself and for other Christians regularly. He prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he said, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, that's the eyes of our hearts. You see, we need to see these things, not just in our heads. We need to see these truths in our spirits. Of course, it will have to pass through our mind to get to our heart. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, to shine unto them. Now, because the minds of these people are blinded, they don't believe. Now, what faculty do we use to believe? Romans 10.10, 10, with a heart, man believes. So because their minds were blinded, their hearts did not believe. You see, the mind is the doorway to the heart. So we need to sit be before these truths and think upon them and study them and meditate upon them until their meanings grip our hearts, until we see them, not just in our minds, but we get the revelation of them deep down in our spirits. Praise God. And then we'll rise to that place of dominion that God wants us to live as believers today. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what's the hope of his calling. Three things he wanted them to know. The hope of God's calling, the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of God's power that's at work towards the believer. 
Now, when he was now talking about the exceeding greatness of God's power that's at work towards the believer, he now had to qualify it. He said, the power of God that's at work towards each believer can only be likened to that which God wrought in Christ. Amen. The mightiest act of God ever. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You see, God the Father did this. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.